Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that has 165 staunch points already. This week on Heart and Hand, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a new kit supplier. So welcome to Art and Handling Just Podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host and I'm joined this week by an all-star cast, a stellar panel of Heart and Hand podders. Yes, lockdown might not be good for most businesses, but in terms of keeping all these guys where I need them, it's been ideal. Joining me first of all is Mr. Andy McGowan. Hello, David. Hello, folks. Also joining us this evening is the lovable Livingston Lothario himself, who apparently doesn't live in either Livingston or Bathgate. It's Cameron Bell. Hello, David. Hello, everyone. Wonderful to speak to you from West Lothian. Yeah, that, that, this is. Let's face it. I'm not going to know anyway, so that's <laughs> as good as it's going to get. And just adding a touch of class to the proceedings, it's the master of mellifluous melody, Mr. Martin Ramsey. How are you, David? How are you, everybody? I'm all right. Um, I have to admit, uh, I've survived this weekend's internecine strife over. Uh, the announcement on Friday of MyGels, which is the membership club launched by uh, the club this Friday. It costs £50 a year to join, although there is a discount of £10. And for that, there are various tiers, there are various things you get for it, and it gives you various advantages when it comes to getting tickets for away matches. There's a gold, silver and bronze tier for semi-finals and finals. Very popular in some places, 5,000 members already, but in others, not so much, particularly uh, with regards to those away tickets. And that's one of the reasons why I asked on Andy, who runs an RSE, he's uh, the convener of a bus, uh, the Stone bus itself and martin who is regularly uh caught up in the ticket scramble i wanted to get their opinions on it and cami as a neutral who just basically gloms all the people we know for for free tickets when the opportunity arises so uh 
a, a wide range of opinions here. And we'll, we'll start off with you, Andy. Now, one of the reasons that this is, has proved quite controversial, I think, is the idea that it brings in a two-tier system for supporters and that uh, how dear you are to the club will come down now to how much you can afford to give them and that it, it creates a situation where wealthier fans get an advantage. The other side of the coin is the club are saying, no, it's not that. It means that those people who want to get access to tickets and not everybody does will still be able to do so. Uh, and it does, of course, provide much needed revenue to the club at this very difficult time. What are your thoughts then, having had a couple of days to live with it? I think the first thing that anybody discussing this has to kind of make sure is clear to everybody listening is that it's subjective. It's subjective because it depends on your starting point of where your, your viewpoint will generally lie. So when I hear this, I think to myself, well, it's easy for me to be glib and say, well, I don't miss a match. I very rarely miss a match. But it's also easy for me to say I spend a hell of a lot of money and I forgo a lot of things to go to see Rangers. I don't go big summer holidays because I spend a lot of money and my wife goes as well. This is the thing you've got to factor in. So uh, from my point of view, you could feel that I could quite rightly say, well, hold on a minute, I'm putting a lot of money in, so therefore should I not have a, a, a priority? However, I Capitalist try, bastard. <laughs> I try to take myself out of that and I try to make myself think of uh, fans that, dip in and out because they can't afford to do anything but that and there's got to be a place for them as well and the ideas is kind of throwing all this into the mix because A, we have nothing else to take up our time so it's, it's easy to get caught up in it but also it's um, the most existential question a football fan is um, what makes a football fan who is loyal what makes you loyal who deserves away tickets most is the thing that, that Rangers fans will always ask and there's basically got to be some kind of measure to do that because what we've got is a, a system where supply uh, is nowhere near the demand. It's, that's that's the starting point for me and I know that sounds very harsh but that is the, the, the reality. So I think where do you start is the first point and then there's a lot of viewpoints, none of which are wrong but there's got to be a common ground that meets a lot of the, the requirements for most people. That means you'll have people unhappy. Martin, you are, of course, somebody who, who goes to as many away games as you can possibly get to, and you are involved in the, the trying to get tickets, especially for matches where the supply massively outstrips, which is most of them these days, mm -hmm. where the supply um, is nowhere near close to, to outstripping demand, rather. Um, I know you've got a few concerns about the scheme. Um, I'm not so sure too many concerns. It's not perfect. Uh, but no scheme will be. The, the last scheme, the, the, the ballot scheme, was far from, from that. Uh, I think fundamentally the way it's structured, uh, I think you, you rewarding loyalty is the best way to do it. If you do have a game where tickets are, are more scarce than, uh, than others, I don't have an issue with the, the fact that those who, as Andy says, <laughs> give up so much of their life, their resources, their time to, to go and support Rangers, um, get first crack when, when those big ticket games come along. I've got no issue with that. Um, but is, is there a counter-argument to that point that 
we've heard people have said to us this week is the reason I can't go every week is because I don't get tickets. It's the same people that get the tickets week in, mm. week out. Is that a legit? And it, it does go back to Martin's point about it, it really depends what your circumstance is as to how you view this. Yeah, no, I, I get that, that if, if, you're, if you're always at the front of the queue, uh, then yeah, you've got a, a, an ideal opportunity to to show your loyalty. Um, people, listen, people who want to be there. Andy knows this as, as much as anyone. Uh, the, the real, real uh, diehards. I, 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 I would put my <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, I, I try to be kind. There is an addiction there. Um, you know, I, I try, but there are others who, who simply will be there. There's, it's not. It's not an option um, by hook or by crook, they'll, they'll be in that ground because they they simply have to be. Um, they, they they will do, and it's not through the ballot scheme and, uh, and anything else. They will they will find tickets um, um, wherever possible, and, and I guess they always will. Uh, but it goes back to Andy's point. You're talking about six hundred tickets, nine hundred tickets for the, the the kind of fixtures that you're you des we desperately want to see Rangers win more than any other. Um, and to having some kind of lottery for those, no, that's that, that's the kind of fast we've been in we've been in before as well. So if you have been to Ross County on a Wednesday night, um, and if you were going in the lower leagues when tickets were a hell of a lot more plentiful, um, then yeah, you probably should get first bite at uh, the, the kind of as I said, the big ticket games that, that we all want to be at. It's never going to be acceptable to everyone. It, it, it just, it just doesn't. Um, that's, and, that's a fact. It's just, it, it really is that simple. Uh, it's just there's no way to satisfy everybody. Uh, I, I would agree. See, this is a problem that that I have when people ask me about this. It's it, there are certain things in life that I don't have a strong opinion on, and because I don't go to many away games these days. It probably doesn't affect me, and it's not as emotive an issue for me. So somebody will say to me, you know, they get, your point there, Martin. The people that went in the lower divisions should get first bite at say Parkhead, and I always think, yeah, but that sounds reasonable. But then, as I say, I say that, and someone says to me, I but I, I, you know, I, I would, I would go to these games if the ticket demand was available. It, it means that the people who are at the front of the queue will stay at the front of the queue forever. And I'm like, well, that's a good point as well. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else will say, but you know, I follow the team in Europe, and I'll go, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, and it is difficult because I don't think anybody's being unreasonable. I no, think everyone's I, got a legit shout. I don't, I don't think there, there are many um, people being unreasonable. Uh, the, the, the following Europe thing, and that this is maybe where my issue with with the, the scheme. Is and it's it's how the points are configured, and the the, the tariff uh, associated with fallen Rangers away in Europe is terribly low. And I know a lot of that money that's spent to fallen Rangers doesn't go into the hands of the club, but it's almost impossible to fallen Rangers without spending that money. I mean, it's it isn't almost impossible. It is impossible. Um, so you're still asking people in their thousands to travel. To, to the arse end of Eastern Europe and and uh, and everywhere else in between, um, and they do that, uh, and that's what what lower than buying a rubber duck at the Rangers shop. Well, I just the reason well the reason that is let's you know let's not be uh, for naive here, folks. The reason that is, as you say, that people are being asked to follow the team at the arse end of Europe. They're not really, and that. 
whether or not we like we want to accept this, I think we've all felt for a long time the club would rather they didn't. And <laughs> well, that... but we trade. We, I know it brings complications, but we trade off the fact. And let's not kid ourselves either. We do the, the club implicitly and fans explicitly trade off the fact that there are few clubs in the world that do what we do in the numbers that we do. And as globalisation homogenises football uh, more and more, fans do like to eke out a bit of uh, identity. Um, and there is a bit of this is the real quiz about how many numbers you take to, to, to whatever. But it is part of, of, of Rangers and always has been. And yeah, I know it, it does bring some issues now and again, but... Um, there is something that the rest of Europe recognises there as well, um, and I just yeah that, that that would be my issue with the scheme is, is how the how the numbers work. The principles um, are fair enough, but it's never going to, to to suit everybody. And the previous system, if you have gamed it well and are no longer able to game it well, um, understandably there will be some umbrage there. Yeah, Cammy, I think that that's something that on both sides of the, the kind of argument when it pertains, I'm going to come to Andy in a minute on this, on RSCs, that people within RSCs will, will say, it's. I had a great point today from a listener, uh, he said people who are not in RSCs don't understand that as well as the club being a huge part of your life, your RSC becomes such mm. a big part of your life, and people may not understand that, so that's why people get very emotional and guarded about it, but then people who are not in RSCs, we've heard the moans or oh, two bites at a cherry, you, you know, you, you have advantage, etc. It, it's kind of difficult if you're not in either camp to really particularly take a side on it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not affiliated to an RSC. I have been in the past. I've, I've ran buses. I've done all of that kind of stuff as well. I know what the scramble has been like in terms of what happens. I mean, years and years ago when you were doing, you know, the, the, the CCCS, then it was a luck of the draw. I mean, you, you had to have no rhyme or reason as to why you know, once every odd season you might get park heads, but you were almost guaranteed Kilmarnock. It was just, you know, the way... How, how <laughs> the Kilmarnock from, like, the, the last 28 yeah. years. I, I, I when they won in the Premier League. Yeah, everyone gets it. But I think I think the scheme... So, first of all, I think I, I would agree with the fact that there is no right or wrong way to be able to do it that suits everyone. It's not as a one-size-fits-all. It's not simply not going to do that. And as I kind of think we've kind of discussed as well, the difficulty you've got when you talk about this is you do throw in words like loyalty and tenure and, you know, I will follow games by and large. So to counter Martin's point in terms of the guys that we all know who would be there come hell or high water. And again, I agree. I think that there is a kind of explicit understanding that we know that there would be guys who no matter where we played, there would be a travelling support. It's just simply a fact. You do have the other side of the coin where people will probably pick and choose games and that might be to finance, might be to schedule, it might be to whatever their own personal reasons are. So typically, if you're not associated like me to an RSC, I would probably put a bit of a kind of call out to contacts, to people I know to say, look, if you've got spare tickets going, can I have one, blah, blah, what have you. Now, I think that from my perspective, if I was to join my jail right now and say, right, well, I'm going to do that, the likelihood of me being able to try and do that and do everything officially via the club is probably pretty unlikely because I'm not going to go down the route of joining an RAC if I can't commit to it because I don't want to join a club that I can't put time and effort into um, because you almost feel to a certain extent beholden with them. I've been lucky enough to travel in the last season quite a lot with uh, with Adam's club in terms of uh, the guys at Bayliston. 
absolutely brilliant guys. They've they've absolutely treated me, you know, like like, like one of their own. I, 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 you know, I absolutely love spending time with them. But I've said to them, I want to put money in, I want to do X, Y, and Z because you know I'm taking up a seat in your bus. So therefore, there is that loyalty to your own club as well. So I totally get where some of those members would feel that because uh, then you're representing the RSC as well as representing the Rangers. You know, we support. Um, I do have umbrage with the idea of um, having gone to European games like away this this last season or this current season, however we're, we're formalising it, and the fact that that for me does feel like it should be more. Um, accountable to where the Mygears points might come into that because again like you say we've seen things like the travel club and stuff as well and points accrual been able to try and come into it as part of that that's a problem for me I don't like the idea that you know you can spend X amount on however many European home games for example and yet a subscription to RTV is virtually the same thing that for me feels slightly misaligned but again, at the same point, I understand that. I understand the argument of saying it's it's money coming into the club. But I understand why we have to have this scheme now because I think we're something at 5.5k members signed up already over four days, and yet that's a huge cash injection into the club when it probably needs it under the current circumstances. So I think people need to be patient with it. I think there's rights and wrongs to it, depending on your circumstances and what you want to do. But you're never, ever, ever going to get a scheme that suits everybody. It just simply won't happen. And if people do think that, they are absolutely kidding themselves. Andy, um, you run an RSE. You know that the problems that RSEs face. And that has been the subject of, of quite a lot of debate on social media with um, you know some RSEs saying this makes it more difficult for us, the fact that you have to pay to register every member. Uh, the the reason that's put forward for this is, of course, that there's the so-called ghost clubs where clubs uh, game the system to try and give themselves more opportunity. Uh, it's it's not something I know too well, so I'd be keen to get your take on it. Yeah, so um, when the MyGers came out last week and I had a read through it, my kind of gut reaction, because there's a lot of facets to it and you, and you can't actually compute the pros and cons there and there just by reading it. But my actual gut reaction to it was that this won't be particularly bad for my club, right, and for me running a club. Now, I've read with interest over the weekend a couple of guys who I respect and know, and they're in fantastic clubs, Robert Fulton, the Grapes, and so on and so forth, and I spoke to them as well over Twitter and heard various viewpoints. Now, I'm probably breaking ranks a wee bit with the supporters clubs union because I'm probably coming out... Scab! <laughs> as long as long as Andy gets a ticket, nobody else matters. Including you, could just, you could just see Andy, couldn't you? And he's in his wee fucking mini metro driving past the picket lights to go and do a shift at the coilery. Uh, coilery. Martin in the background with a uniform on, <laughs> playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know your type. Yep, that's correct. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Aye, so the, 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 I'm probably breaking ranks because I'm a wee bit different and I'm looking at it a wee bit differently. Uh, the reason I'm looking at it a wee bit differently is because um, I've seen what goes on and I think that we need to be honest with ourselves and I don't want to be a hypocrite as well because I've gamed the system as well to help my supporters club to get tickets. Uh, so it was just one big massive game and I think what this does is it makes a wee bit more honest, right? But by the same token, I fully, fully recognise that there's a lot of issues that are going to impact supporters clubs. Now, in preparation for this, 
I sat down and I said, right, tell them, I said, I need to work out what are the pros and cons here. So the first con, the first big, big problem for supporters clubs is it's going to be a huge cost because what you've got is the, the categorisation of supporters clubs, and I hate to bore you with the technicalities, but you need to get into nitty-gritty to understand it. The categorisation of supporters clubs will be deemed by the number of season ticket holders, which it always was, but also by the number of MyJers members we've got. And then the club, the supporters club themselves, will have to pay £10 per head for each registered member. So that is a massive cost because I did a bit of quick calculation. The average the average um, membership of supporters clubs, based on the figures for last year, is about 31, right? But the category A plus buses, which are the big buses, their average is 70. So they're immediately looking at an additional £700 uh, to get in the ballot, if you like, right, which wasn't there last year. And if you extrapolate that over the years, it's a lot of money. However, what I, my argument to that is, is that the member themselves has just doubled their chance. Well, not quite doubled it, but they've got two chances of getting a ticket. They've got the chance of getting it on the online um, uh, access when it, when, it, when it's opened up to the tiers in the new system. And then they've also got a chance of getting it in their own supporters club's ballot now to my mind and this is only to my mind I'll be passing that on to my, my members because I'll be saying to them look if you want to be in the ballot and you want to take advantage of the reallocation that my supporters club's getting or our supporters club's getting give me a tenner because it's worth it to you because you've just increased your chances and I don't think that for a tenner I don't think that's arguable the bigger problem is that supporters clubs um, that don't pass that on to their members are going to be left for the bill you can see memberships potentially falling because the big draw for a lot of members is away tickets and access to away tickets and access to away travel. And if, if clubs aren't able to provide that, then sometimes you then say, right, what, what is the, the reason for being? Particularly so for clubs in and around Glasgow, where travel to Ibrox isn't an absolute necessity, where it is for Ayrshire, Dundee, Stirling buses. Um You've then got the kind of thing that you mentioned earlier on about the fact that supporters clubs are many communities and they're interlinked with the, the club and that they provide a facility for kids and families to go to Ibrooks. And for people that don't have the, the, the link, you know, I listened to your podcast, uh, Cammy, about where, who are you? And you mentioned that your dad didn't really particularly go to the football and it was somebody else who took you. So there's, there's people that want to go and follow Rangers but they're not in a Rangers family per se. And that's where supporters clubs provide a link because they'll take the kid that likes Rangers and lives in Inverness and they'll take him to Ibrox on a Saturday and they'll fall in love with Rangers. And if you break that link and you lose that, those supporters clubs, then long term, you'll never get that back. So this is a thing that I think Rangers need to be aware of um, and cultivate. But again, you've got to get the balance between that and the kind of um, issues that away games have been causing because the ticket issue um, is very, very problematic um, and I think that there had to be something done and what my message would be to people that are kind of saying, right, well, you're kind of kowtowing to the party line and, and you're, you're liking what the club's doing for the sake of liking it. No, it's necessarily because I'm aware that this is just a process and this is only started and there will be an opportunity for feedback because it tells you that in the RSE email and once it's kind of fine-tuned I think if you jump forward five years I think we'll be more at peace with it because if supporters clubs are organised, they could potentially end up with more tickets on their bus than they do under the current system. I think um, 
I think the interesting point as well that that Andy, God bless him, is kind of also just kind of skipped by as well is that you're also talking about conveners themselves. Organising buses and doing all this stuff is the world's most thankless task. You end mm-hmm. up doing it and then you then feel as if, you know, you're, you're asking members for money and you want to be able to try and make sure that, that runs. But you do get your club's one ticket for part Oh, yeah, you do, yeah you obviously. <laughs> I mean, you fix it so that you get every ticket you want. Of course, there's advantages. No, but I'll say that for him. He didn't fix it. He just told them we got one yeah. ticket and I'm taking it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, they're a very understanding bus. I mean, they're not allowed to talk in the bus or, you know, speak to each other or have any form of verbal communication. But on a serious note, you will get conveners who will turn around and go, you know, what, what, why am I doing this? Like, what is it that's going on here? You've got to be able to try and keep those kind of guys on side because they work tirelessly, right? We do. I mean, I know we kind of take the mic and all that kind of stuff, Andy, but we all know he absolutely works his back off to be able to try and make sure that, that bus runs and to make sure it goes there. And it shouldn't feel like we're trying to make that harder. There's also a lot of... Uh... A lot of interest, as we've talked about at this minute in time, in Rangers away from home. Huge demand. If and when that, that disappears, another couple of seasons without much success, or at the end of seasons when the game's pretty much up, who is it that takes the tickets? It is the RSCs, and it will still be the RSCs who will be there, as I said, come hell or high water. Um, there was gaming in the system. I'm more annoyed that it, it had to be gamed, I think, um, rather than just prioritising those guys and then sorting the rest of us out later. This didn't used to be a problem because we didn't used to get 900 tickets for Pataudry, for example. That's been the issue and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just a simple issue of scarcity um, and there is, there's just no perfect solution. No, unfortunately, but uh, we'll see how it develops. I mean, I, I signed up for it. I'm fortunate to be in a position to be able to do it. Uh, at the moment, there's not a great deal of benefit to me for it because as I say I'm not particularly interested in away tickets moving forward though the club are suggesting they're going to add things to it but we have to look at this from a very basic capitalist point of view and that is that they need the money and they've got to try and and exercise the revenue schemes as much as they can and it it can be difficult because the supporters on the one hand we they market to and they do do this Martin touched on it they market to us about loyalty and emotion but then they also want to run the way that a normal business does, which is very difficult. And there are times that that annoys me. And then, though, I think but I do want them spending as much money as possible on players and, and having the better, want the stadium upgraded, all of that kind of thing. It's just a difficult, a difficult place for for everyone involved. Of course, though, you know, um, I I'm a sellout though to the club, and I just, I just do what they tell uh, what they tell us. So if anyone's listening out there. Um, and you want to sign up for something, although I'm legally obliged to tell you to sign up for my jails, um, sign up for us on Patreon instead, <laughs> right? Because, you know, that's, that's. I'm just kidding, because there'll be people going, ah, Edgar saying put money into him rather than out. I can't even. I remember once, actually, I was at a, an away game, the, the tickets were scarce, a friend of mine, Robbie, had got tickets, uh, and on FF after, I was like, oh, he's all right, isn't he? I saw Edgar was at it. Whereas I've also been told, um, you don't go to away games, call yourself a supporter. I, like, I can't. This is why I don't leave the house. You know what I mean, I, I <laughs> well, can't even. You get to remember, me? though, the bit, in conjunction with my jails, you do also get access to a free flagship show. So there are benefits for the, 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 the listeners as well, you know. Cammy and I were trying to record an ad for my jails, and one day on our deathbeds, we'll release the outtakes because <laughs> we could go to jail. But uh, it, it took. 
for about a one minute spot took about six days but we got there in the end up right moving on then lads um the other main news over the weekend was james biscrove the commercial director suggesting that rangers relationship uh if you want to call it that with mike ashley will be coming to an end uh at the end of this current contract which i believe expires at the end of july this is of course on the face of it fantastic news balanced by the fact andy that we have held similar in the past yep we're scared that's uh, the phrase of the week i think um the the news when was it Saturday? The news we've kind of cut ties. We we, we actually um, we could only dream of that a couple of years ago, really. So we we shouldn't really skip over it and say, "Oh well, that's done. Well done, guys. Pat the back, move on." It's a monumental thing that's happened, and to get there, I bet there's been a lot of pain and a lot of fraught discussions. Um, and it, I I think I said on the, the breaking news pod on Saturday. I don't think it's any coincidence that it's happened since Dave King's left. I don't mean that as a slight on Dave King, but it might just be that it's taken the, the edge out of the kind of personality clash uh, and the bad blood that was obviously badly, badly suiting the whole conversation and dialogue. So I think that, and as you mentioned, James Bisgrove's come in and uh, the guy's got a pedigree. We've seen small things happen from the, from the first day he started and gradually they'll get better and better. And now we're on the cusp of uh, all singing, all dancing retail deal, which, as we all know, is a a major factor in maximising the the potential for the club in buying players and paying wages. Um, remains to be seen who it's with. We all know the rumours of Castor and all that, and, and I, I've got to admit, I, did, I hadn't heard them before. You had David because you buy expensive clothes. Yeah, they, they, of course you had fucking heard of them. They don't sell it in Aldi. Oh, oh, oh. that's really funny. I, well, listen. When did you? Ah, uh, you've no comeback because you're sitting going. Well, right, uh, uh, and he's and he's just and he's just turned into Charlie Nicholas. He was just because he was going to go. Uh, he, he could tell he was going to go. Uh, no, actually, I shop in, and then he kind of the, the two shops that he knows are Woolworths, which went out of business twenty years ago, and House of Fraser, which he's not allowed in. So he was fucked. He does buy all his stuff in Aldi. Point, the point I was going to make, Mister, <laughs> that regardless, at least I wear my clothes outside. Mine's get kept. I don't actually wear them at all. Um, that, that that's the thing. I've got I've got piles and piles of clothes that I've bought that I've got the labels. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's not it's not a good thing, Andy, when you buy your clothes and all your fruit and veg in the same aisle. Right, listen, I'm not taking this off you. You just <laughs> like Harry Hill stunt double. So I'm not <laughs> Martin, coming over to you then for a more sombre um, perspective on this. Uh, as a very well-dressed man, uh, I don't suppose that you were a regular in Mike Ashley's um, places of business. But the effect that he's had on our club has been nothing short of catastrophic at times. Oh, it has been. Um, uh, and listen, 2015 uh, solved a lot, but it didn't solve everything. Um, uh, people expected immediate fixes of just about everything at, at, at the club and this has been hanging over us for, for five years um, and I can't imagine it has been easy to, to get to the end of Andy, Andy was quite right uh, not even a couple of years ago this time last year this looked like it was just going to be perennial um, and we can't function or we couldn't function properly um without having that, that kind of control over a retail. 
uh, it's been a big, big handicap to just to, to the basic operation of the club. Um, I don't think it's completely coincidental that, that it, it's happened after King left, but I, I don't believe that's the issue. Um, but regardless, it's, it's it's huge news. It's difficult to difficult to really paint this as huge news given everything that's going on at the moment. But um, uh, I think we'll, we'll, when everything does get back to normal, and Christ knows when that will be, um, we, we will see the benefits. To get it done at all is big. To get it done in this climate especially, we could have been in big, big trouble here given everything's going on. Given we don't know we're playing football again. Mm. And to get something that, 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 that works for us, um, to get something that, that removes this cancer from from the club um, has been huge. Uh, if it is Castori, it will annoy the the Adidas, I'm sure, um, uh, even though the quality of, of kits from Adidas and Nike uh, are nowhere near what they, they, they once were in the, the, the heyday of the 90s. Um, clearly, you know, because you, you, you have bought some stuff before, um, it is good gear. They seem to be making a move just out of golf and tennis. Um, they seem to have done a deal with the West Indies cricket team. Um so I don't think that's a coincidence either. They're clearly a brand that are, are willing to 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 expand. Um, and if it works for us, fine. I mean, I, 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 that's really uh, the name on the on the shirt um, is secondary to the, the ability for us to uh, maximise the the again the demand with the support to wear Ranger stuff to have Ranger stuff to support the club in that way. And that hopefully isn't a scarcity issue the same way that tickets are. Um, it was one of the issues with Hummel that they, they couldn't meet that demand. Presumably there's been a bit of homework done uh, and, and that's not, that's not going to be, ca- uh, be the case. We have big issues in a football landscape at the minute in terms of being able to see your team. We have no issues in buying things online. And there, there are generations of Ranger supporters just itching um, to, to support the club in, in that, that particular way, especially over the summer. So um, easy for everything to pale into insignificance with, with what's going on and the fact that football's suspended and, and pretty much indefinitely. But this is it's massive, massive news. Yeah, it is. It's huge. I'm, uh, I'm sorry to have to break it to you because uh, I was labouring under this misapprehension as well that it's pronounced Castor, not Castori, but I, it was such a good line for the opening of the pod that I went with it. But I'm going to have to... Uh, we don't want a repeat of this whole Tavernier shitstorm, really, do we? Uh, no, although that's correct. Well, you know. well if, if, if I can interject, it's I'll die, not I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> you, will, you will if one of them closes near you. You'll be forced to fucking pay for actual stuff rather than... Oh, look, 12 pence for 19 tins of beans! But uh, moving on, Cammy. Yeah, I, I think Martin makes, makes an excellent point there that... Look, I, I used to care a great deal about who the supplier was, uh, and it was when Nike that that was ending that, that Nike were doing our kits, and I was raging. And uh, a friend of mine said to me, "You don't buy a Nike top, you buy a Rangers top." And since then, that's kind of stuck with me. But the concern that is, I think, extremely legitimate is they're not a firm that can point to and say, "Look, there's a demand that that 
that matches yours and we've matched it in the past. So I think it's a legit concern. I mean, it is, yeah, absolutely. Um, and certainly we had some some instances, I think, where even if you look at probably some more of the brand name stuff that we've had in recent seasons, like Puma, for example. I think my Puma top, I think the lettering fell off it when I took it out of the plastic They bag. were shy. I can't understand why anybody was upset yeah. that it wasn't Puma. The Puma gear was rotten. Yeah, but I think, so for me, there's a couple of, of, of things with that. I think... Um, what we what we settle on Castor is that what we're calling it? Is it? Okay, yeah, Castor okay, is a part of the let, let, Let's go with Castor. So I think that you know, as long as the strips look smart, I'm I'm happy with that. I think that there's a certain aspect of it which is a brand appeal. I think Bizgrove is probably quite conscious about being able to try and develop that imagery and develop this as a brand. And so for me, that feels like if we've got something that we know is going to be stylish and looks good and aesthetically pleasing, phenomenal. From a finance perspective, if we've got a good deal with that and it's going to inject cash into the club, absolutely brilliant because I'll throw people back to when we were in a situation as we just touched on that you couldn't even buy Rangers tops. So it, it, it's 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 difficult. Our fan base can be incredibly fickle at times to say, you know, I wanted Nike, I wanted Adidas. Okay, well, I can kind of understand that to a point, but a few seasons ago you couldn't even buy a top. So let's just be glad that we've got someone. And I think for me, Looking into Castor and what they've done and what they're kind of going into, Martin obviously mentioned the, the, the discussion of expansion at this point. I actually think some of their gear is, is is very nice. I do think it's a bit pricey, but then David, we don't all earn the blue pound you do. But then at the same point, I think if you're if you're going to go out there and you're going to lead it, the only thing I want to see really from anything apart from this is kids in the streets wearing Rangers tops. And it always struck me when we had that that embargo that we were just like, nah, we're banned from buying tops and you never saw kids running about the streets wearing them and stuff. And that's what I would like us to be able to try and get back. And I think we did a lot of that with the Hummel gear as soon as that became available. I mean, I know that all of you bought it for younger relatives in terms of getting the brand out there and getting on doing all that kind of stuff. And that's what we want to get back to. So... I hope they realise what they've bitten off because if they produce some great quality gear, then absolutely we'll buy it. There's no doubt about it. The only, sorry, interrupt. The only parallel that I've seen in football and British football is Aston Villa had a tie up with a company called Look 1977 a couple of seasons ago, who who were essentially a fashion label. They were looking mm-hmm. to to kind of branch out. It was a young guy that started in 2001, and I remember when that happened, I thought, what what is that all about? Because it basically they weren't a sports brand. Castor aren't quite a, a, a fashion brand, they are a sports brand, but they do have a crossover into fashion. So I think it's important that it, this could turn out to be genius because what we may have found is a partner who needs us as much as we need them. And sometimes the best partnerships are, are founded and things like that. So I'm, I'm looking at it with optimism, if it is indeed Castor. Um, but the, the bottom line is, is the pounds, how much are we getting? What is the cut? And you might find that we've been able to uh, negotiate a favourable kind of deal because you've got a company that is on up and up and isn't quite as um, commanding of the, the, the as, as Adidas or Nike would be doing in a contract negotiation. So I'm interested to see how it pans out. Martin, is there any scope for the fact that in terms of these names, you know, and they are the top, they are the sports brand names, that there will almost have to be a period of normality before that's a legitimate consideration, certainly for the type of money that we should get for the for the the size of the club and the size of the business. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I imagine the 
they wouldn't have touched us in recent times because of um, what, what we've discussed already. Uh, Rangers probably need to show uh, that that we really are um, the, the club we, we, we think we are in terms of reach and, uh, and everything else. And uh, clearly the the confidence in that, that kind of community uh, once was. But, but again, I, I, I don't know these things inside out. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure uh, that unless you are now an elite club and Champions League, late Champions League elite club, um, that, that this makes that much difference being with, with Knight and Adidas. You, you might just, you would get treated as a client very much uh, at the, the, the bottom end of, uh, of, of their interests and priorities. Uh, and the, the, there's, there's a potential there, who knows how it's, how it's going to work out, um, that when you, you have the kind of uh, engagement that we are rumoured to have, um, that you're, you're very much their priority. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. We, we, we've got a lot of, we've still got a lot of rebuilding to do as a mm. club uh, in terms of that reput- uh, reputation. But the market's there. Rangers fans buy stuff like that. They buy a lot of it. Um, but it, it had to be something that, that Ashley wasn't prepared to match. Do you know what's ironic about all this as well is that, see, if we, if we had signed a deal with Nike or Adidas, what I can absolutely guarantee you would have happened is that as soon as the new strip got launched, it would have been compared to the ones that we had back in the 90s. And it wouldn't have been considered as nice. You, you just know that would have happened. No, absolutely. Um, that that that. And, and, and it, you know, we're, we're talking here like it's a done deal. We don't know that. It might not be, Castor. I think that certainly the way that the, it's been reported suggests that there's more than a little in that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that it... And, again, in terms of the actual strips, you, I'd need to see them. I, I do have some Castor stuff. It is good. It's very high quality. Um, against that, can you mass-produce to that level? Mm-hmm. I haven't worked in the textile trade. I don't think you can. It's not cost-effective to do so. So uh, who knows? But I'm excited by it. I think it's interesting, if nothing else. I'd hate to be striding about in that. I mean, it really annoyed me when a couple of years ago when we were going about in that Puma kit that about yeah. 12 clubs had in the UK. That that kind of thing just pisses me off. So rather but than... By some... far, sorry, by far the biggest story is what we've lost rather than what we're gaining here. Yeah, that's true. Who is no longer involved. And remove it, this. Remove the stone of shame. Attach the stone of triumph. Exactly. <laughs> and and uh, let, let's pick it up in the year if, if, if we're not happy with the quality and the deal and, and, and anything else. Um, I'd be flabbergasted if it's worse than what we've we've had to suffer from a retail point of view from the last decade or so. Totally agree. Moving on then, Cami. The SPFL have been uh, out on the attack over the previous week, in which they've made it clear that uh, they did nothing wrong, that there's nothing to see here. Uh, They made it clear eight times in the last nine days, in fact, be it through open letters or interviews by uh, either their chairman, Murdoch McLennan, their chief executive, Neil Doncaster, or non-executive director, Karen McCluskey. Um, That's a lot of denials if there's really absolutely nothing gone wrong. Yeah, um, an interesting approach. Each uh, statement seems to increase in size as uh, as time goes on, uh, leading so much so that all of a sudden that people who have refused to give interviews um, to any uh, to any media in the past have now decided to have Q and A's with themselves, which is certainly an interesting approach and highly entertaining from our side of things. Um, 
it's uh, yes, it's very strange, and I think it's a very tangled web the SPFL are, are voluntarily weaving. Um, because as far as Rangers are concerned, we haven't progressed with any kind of other form of action since we are now waiting for the EGM to to, to come around. Um, but yet they seem to be very, very proactive in coming out to deny things that either haven't been said or they've said themselves in some other manner. Um, and they are contradicting themselves left, right and centre. So, um, yes, it seems for... Uh, a governance which very much feels as if there's nothing wrong and that they have been um, completely on side with everything. They are certainly doing a lot of denying. Andy, one thing that I think that this has shown is that there literally isn't anybody in Scotland who, if they want to make themselves look better, just need to, to a section of the community, suggest that they're against Rangers. Where we've seen Neil Doncaster, universally regarded as a donkey for many years, uh, is suddenly being put forward as a paragon of footballing administration simply because it's Rangers who are saying, hang on a minute, this is dodgy. <laughs> the, the, the greatest irony for me that nobody's really highlighted is that for long and weary, our dear friends across the city have been telling us how corrupt Scottish football is. Resolution 12 and all this, absolute crack pottery. And now they've had to jump to the other side of the fence and say, well, actually, they're not that bad. It's Rangers have got the problem. It's just a constant kind of vote of factory for the usual suspects, back and forth, back and forth. The thing that I would like to point out, I think has went well under the radar since it came up, was Douglas Park asking about their whistleblower policy. because. He kind of, when I read that, I thought that that is spawned because most companies in this day and age of any size or nature who claim to have any form of diversity in their in their workforce or their uh, plans or, or uh, members have some kind of whistleblowing policy because it promotes good cultures, it prevents cliques, it prevents insular behaviour, cover-ups, nepotism. Uh, cronyism, all these things which are apparently inherent at the SPFL if you really dig deeper. So uh, I've noticed that that's not been answered. I don't, well, I don't know if it's been answered, but when when Doncaster and co are coming out and saying, I'm mystified at what Rangers have got, then they, what the question they should be asking is, well, Rangers have got a whistleblower, I wonder what it is they've got because there's something. And it's this notion of whistleblowers kind of being washed away, which I find really, really interesting. So when Rangers actually do come out with whatever it is they've got, it might not be earth shattering stuff, but if it still demonstrates that a company that these we're all the, the football clubs are all members of has been run in a poor, poor manner with questions to be answered, then that's enough. It doesn't need to be brewing envelopes between people. It doesn't need to be that explosive. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be a demonstration that you've got a guy at the top who... I'm sure Doncaster is a nice guy. I mean, he does an interview as he speaks well and he's level-headed and he never gets emotional whatsoever. He's quite robotic, which can be a good thing in the in this atmosphere. But the bottom line is he's getting paid nearly 400 grand and that shit show a vote, uh, which is really when the when he earns his corn, mm. demonstrates something that you cannot hide from. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out and what, what actually happens. I don't expect Rangers to get support because I think what will happen now as the clubs will kind of show a united front that we've got bigger things to deal with and that they'll be actually totally focused on the fact that a lot of them might be out of business if this kind of scenario continues. So I think this, that our complaint will get 
largely washed away. But see if at the end game, and let's be honest, the end game is to make sure that the top is clean because you've got Doncaster sitting with two people either side of them, Rod McKenzie and Murdoch McLennan. Right? If if Rangers' aim is to eventually get that more equitable and fairer and, and, and transparent, then it might not be this kick to the balls that does it. It might be the next kick to the balls because there'll be another fuck-up in, in the SPFL. That is guaranteed. Martin, I suppose my concern is that Rangers could have a photograph of Neil Doncaster rimming John Nelms's cat and it wouldn't embarrass him enough into resigning. Um, but what has actually annoyed me this week has been the pundits, you know, Rangers' behaviour has been disgraceful. Rangers have followed the, the process that is laid out in the league's own rules on how to go about a complaint. Well, when does that stop anything being disgraceful, Rangers? You're right. I spoke a little bit naivety. In yeah, the yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> there will be a, a compliant media that we, we have that, that want, uh, just to get this kind of smoothed over and, and get closure, I guess. Um, we, we, they don't want a big scandal to, to uh, investigate. God knows there's plenty of scandals around that they could be investigating a lot more. Um, they, they kind of want this, this swept away and, and decisions made, I guess, about kind of where we go from here. Um, well, that's all lovely, but that's it can't just end at that. Rangers have a, a justifiable and reasonable position to say that was an utter shambles and we're not convinced that vote um, was legit. And... We, we, we need to, to look closer at that because this is a governance issue. Now, governance issues, are, they're pretty dull, really. They're administrative. And, and Andy's right, and we're not going to find something that's going to blow the roof off Scottish football. I don't believe that. Um, we don't need it, though. Um, we, we just need to have enough that, that, that shows this is not proper governance. Um, and given the salaries uh, at play, uh, there needs to be change. That's what Rangers want. They want him going because they, you can start swapping chief execs and swapping the kind of teams that we, we use to, to try and uh, make friends and influence people. That's a big block to doing that. Um, and he, he needs removed before we can um, before we can start to do that. This might just be, as Andy said, uh, the first blow or a big blow. It might not be the uh, decisive one. But you need to wear this process down. Um, McCann did it mm. in the 90s. It was the George Cadetti thing. Um, didn't get Farry then, but he continued and continued. Um, and I think there's, a, there's a, long, a long game here. Going back to your original point, David, if an organisation is absolutely certain uh, that they have done things properly, um, could have come to different uh, decisions, but um, we we can justify every decision we made. They should be appointing the widest investigation possible. If you're if you are uh, 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 the the high command there, uh, and you 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 know there's nothing, you'd let Rangers appoint the investigation. Yeah, to get it out of the way. Exactly. You want to be as open as possible um, because then you win because there's, there's, there's nothing there. Um, Rangers have uh, obviously made a lot of noise a couple of weeks ago, uh, making less and less because they don't have to, because they're falling over themselves 
to cover these tracks, and they, they keep continuing to fuck up. Um, so, no, I, I've, I've no issue with the way the way Rangers have, have handled this. It might not bring the whole house of cards down, um, but there's 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 definitely a long game at play before we can really start to gain political influence, which we've not had in Scottish football for twenty years. Yep, an absolute fact. Right, folks, that'll do us for this week. But as Cammy mentioned earlier, I, I live high on the hog of all these blue pounds that I get in. And the reason I'm able to do that is due to our Patreon site. Cammy, why should people sign up for that apart from to keep me in expensive house coats? Because you've got wonderful content, um, the like of which from both Martin and Andy. Coming um, out my arse. Exactly, exactly. Um, very simply, David, it's because you can't go back to full-time employment. You can't you've go back. Become, you've, you've become accustomed to this life and uh, people need to people need to keep financing it my friend so yes um for hours and hours of content when you are very severely missing your football fix we've got tons and tons of variety for you across our patreon site and uh, you can do that uh, for significantly less than a my years membership maybe <laughs> not quite across a year but yeah just there or there or those Thank you so much to everyone for giving up their time and coming and having, I thought, a very enlightening chat. First of all, Andy McGowan. Pleasure as always. Martin Ramsey. Pleasure, gentlemen. Cameron Bell. A joy as always, boys. Thank you very much. I would just like to thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. We will, of course, be back, but uh, never miss anything that goes on in Scottish football. Uh, Breaking news up within minutes of any big story pertaining to Rangers. There's the daily news update. There are loads of great entertaining shows, as as Cammy said. There are lots of stuff, but we will be back. There will always be a free podcast from Heart and Hand, and we will be back next week with it. Until then, have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.